Welcome to Storytelling for Business, the podcast that helps you build better customer relationships by telling stories your clients want to hear. I'm Katie Flamen. I'm a voiceover artist specializing in corporate storytelling. I've worked with clients like American Express, Volkswagen and Sainsbury's, helping them to share business developments and brand stories. But why is business storytelling important? What makes a great story? And how can storytelling create leads for businesses and build lasting client relationships? I'm on a mission to find out the answers, and I'll be sharing my discoveries along the way. Today's episode is about clues and finding your story. And my first guest has created a business around just that. If anyone gets why I wanted to create this podcast, it's Gareth Dimelo. His agency, Inside Stories, helps business owners find and share their story and use storytelling to grow their business. With his co-founder, Terry Bauer, Gareth believes that storytelling is the key to unlocking engagement with your clients. Now, it seems to me that Inside Stories is a unique company. They're something like a detective agency crossed with marketing and PR with a smattering of therapy. So let's find out more. Gareth Dimelo, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, Katie. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. And thank you for that introduction as well. It's brilliant to have you. Well, you heard my description of your company. Am I right? How would you describe what you do? It's a, it's a pretty perceptive description, actually, because I think you're right that there are three key components to what we do and how we work with our clients. And I think the first, the obvious elephant in the room is it's sort of marketing. But it's not marketing in the sense of a sort of programmatic system of tactics. I think there are lots of agencies out there that can deliver that stuff. They have the resources, they have the technical capability to roll that stuff out. But what we've recognized from, let's just say, a number of years in the business is that the stuff that you market doesn't just happen. So those two of the things that you described, the the sort of detective component and the therapy component are equally important. Some would say more so because that's where the real understanding of what the business is about comes from. And people hearing this for the first time might sort of think, who are you to presume I need your help telling me what I'm about? But I think the thing that we've realized over the last few years is that everybody needs a little help working that stuff out in the same way that anyone who's had a good therapist would tell anybody it's worth having a therapist because it just helps you formulate and shape your your understanding of yourself understanding why you react to the certain way you do to things understanding how you feel about certain things and, and sort of digging deeper and getting closure on all of that I think with businesses, it's the same thing. So the detective bit is absolutely, you know, we have to kind of sift through the clues because there are clues everywhere to any business that, you know, the the materials they already put out, what's on their website, conversations that we have with founders and employees. But it's really up to us to ask the right questions, you know, Columbo style, just work out what are the things that they're not telling us because they're being obtuse or secretive but they're not telling us because they don't know to tell us because nobody's ever asked the right questions. So absolutely yes to the detective component. And as I said, with the therapy, several of our clients have actually said at the end of the day long workshop that we run with them, they've sort of sat back in their chair, 
let out a big sigh of relief and said, wow, I feel like I've just put my business through therapy. And I think the interesting crossover there is therapy is so intensely personal. It's a it's a human process by which we understand what makes us tick. And business we tend to see as a sort of distant ethereal entity that sits somewhere over there where money comes in and money goes out and clients are happy and blah 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 but it's so fundamentally depersonalized and I think when you found a business when you set up something that is it's you through and through that personal thing is baked into everything that you do. So actually having a therapy session where you connect the drivers that affect you as a person and the decisions you make as a business owner are completely intertwined. So I I, I think there's absolutely space for the therapy side of what we do as well, helping people reconcile any tensions that might exist or even, even just coming to terms with why this has always been their calling without them ever being able to articulate that. And quite a lot of the business owners you work with, are they, they are presumably small businesses or solo businesses? Is, is that the, is that why there's such a strong personality coming through there? Yes, predominantly small to medium size. I mean, I have separately run this process with much larger organisations prior to Terry and I founding Inside Stories. So it's a tried and tested process that works with a business of any size. Um, and funnily enough, with with larger businesses, what tends to happen is it's an opportunity for realignment or it's an opportunity to retroactively put some guiding tracks in place to a business that's grown faster than anybody expected. But yes, predominantly these are smaller businesses. And I think absolutely, yeah, and I, yeah, I can say this, having, having been self-employed for seven years, I left 20 years of working in big agencies where, you know, I had that sort of comfort factor, that security, always knowing that every month money would appear in my account and I had a place to go to to do the thing that I called work. And when you set up on your own, you really have to, it has to be something that you passionately believe in and it has to be something that comes from inside. So absolutely, the the crossover between the drivers for you as a person and the drivers for your business are one and the same thing. But I think the thing that I find really, I, I love meeting people, I love conversations and I love getting to know them. And I think the thing that is always really fascinating is watching that moment where the light bulb goes on, where somebody realizes that they've always been doing a version of the thing that they're doing now, but they've never quite connected the dots to see why that was always their calling mm. you know it's, oh, had it's a, a light like, shining on it yes it, it's always been there and they've just never they've never afforded themselves the opportunity to take a couple of steps back and see their world and their life from a singular perspective where everything is in view it's kind of like you'll often meet people who they'll do various jobs for 20 years and then they'll throw it all in and they'll decide to become a teacher. And when you actually look at all of the things that they've done or the roles that they fulfilled in different organisations, there's an element of, of teaching, of guidance, of support, of nurturing, of education that is kind of a consistent thread through everything that they've done. And that's the point where they realise, ah, I've been ignorant. 
you know, I don't want to get metaphysical, but for some people, it's like, ah, the universe was telling me this all along. Yeah, this is this was what, what I was destined for. Yeah, yeah. And I was just too busy to notice the signs. Mm. Mm. So who you are then is completely connected with what your story is. Is that right? Yeah, it, it, at least it should be. And I think there's, a, there's an interesting caveat in that, in that, I obviously I get invited to anything that involves stories because people say oh well you know you're the storyteller we want you to come along we've got a great day of stories planned and it might be a, a program of speakers who've all been invited as, as special guests to tell their stories and a lot of the time what actually happens is people just stand up and effectively talk through their CV and I would argue, and, you know, part of the reason we do what we do inside stories is we all instinctively know what a story is. We feel when we've experienced a story. But a lot of things that people will dress up as a story, because let's face it, story sounds nicer than content or story sounds nicer than prose. But what they're actually doing is they're they're just reeling off a sequence of things that happened and I think, you know, that this radar that we all have, this ability to recognise when we've found a story, I think is one of the things that when you watch a movie that doesn't land with you or you watch a TV series that feels like it's treading water and it's not really going anywhere, we, you know, we're not all movie and TV critics, but we feel that there's something wrong. And I would argue that the thing that is wrong that we're picking up on is it's not telling us a story. It's just showing a bunch of things happening in sequence. And Terry and I are both movie fans. That's one of the things we first connected on. And, and, and I think we both have that sense of particularly franchise movies, for instance, where the decision is made to make a movie and the budget is allocated and a release date is found and then they get a bunch of writers in a room and try and what bash out... What should we make it about? <laughs> well, what should we make it about? And to me, that is a giant flashing warning sign that the story didn't come first. What they're doing is they're generating content to fill a slot and then saying to the audience, eh, will that do? Mm. And, I, and it's about it, the it's, audience, isn't it? It's yes, a, it, it Whether it's be. a film, whether it's your business client, you what you are putting out there as content or a story or whatever it is has to resonate with them because it's all about them you want them to be interested in what you're saying don't you yes and that's i think where a lot of people go wrong with story not just storytelling but with marketing generally you know i'm going to keep sort of stepping back and going okay broader context is marketing specific focus is story but that's always been a problem i think for for marketeers is businesses sit around going right these are all of our priorities these are the things that matter to us these are the things that we want to achieve and accomplish so we need to tell the world that we're doing those things and the audience is going great for you what about me what that's not my priority that's good for you it's not really for me and i think you know one of the first things that we do in our process actually is really about stepping outside of that insular focus for organizations and helping them think about what the audience needs to get out of it and again just to use another film reference here we often reference Andrew Stanton who's one of the directors at Pixar 
And he did a fantastic TED Talk, which if you haven't seen it, Katie, I, I really think you'll enjoy. It was like a 15-minute presentation about the power of storytelling. I'll, I'll, put a link, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. Yeah, it's really, really wonderful. And one of the concluding thoughts he had in that TED Talk was that audiences don't want four, don't want four they want two plus two. And I, I like the sound of that thought, but it took me a while to to sort of unpack it and, and work out what he was really saying. And I, the conclusion that I came to that made it so powerful is that he's not just talking about don't give them the answer, they want the journey, they want the detail. He's also saying the audience needs to feel like they're participating in the creation of the story. Now, that's not to say that this is a cheesier and adventure thing for anyone in your audience who's old enough to remember that publishing phenomenon of the early to mid 80s, like I am. <laughs> this I had a whole set of those. <laughs> I love them, they're amazing. But this isn't about throwing it open the way we did 15 years ago when suddenly user-generated content was everywhere, where brands stepped back and said, well, we're not going to tell you, we're going to get you to tell us. And what they were really saying was, we're going to get all of this content for free because we're going to ask our audience to make it for us. It's not that. When Andrew Stanton talks about the audience wants two plus two, what he means is, they want to be able to find a pattern. They want to be able to fill in the gaps. They want to be able to tie the things together and step back and go, oh, I understand what that story, not just what the story told me, but what the story was about. Or I want to piece together from the environmental context or a scene that had no dialogue or some almost inscrutable expressions on characters' faces. There's other things that are going on that are not written in the script for me to follow. So what I'm doing is I'm a co-conspirator in the storytelling. I'm getting an opportunity to say, ah, I, I understand what this means and what this means for the story overall. And I think that's the problem with people who take either too literal or too formulaic an approach to telling the world about themselves they don't leave any gaps. They, I did this, and then I did this, and then we did this. And it doesn't matter whether that's an individual or a business. You know, the About Us section on a website is just a sequence of things that happened. Whereas for me, for it to feel like a story, there has to be a driving force, or there has to be a, a moment of inspiration, or there has to be a moment of test or challenge or failure that they bounced back from, then it starts to feel like a story. Otherwise, it's just a sequential list of things that occurred. Mm. It's so interesting to think about marketing in this way, in a way that's really going to connect with the listener. And that, I think, I mean, is that... I, I'm going to come back to this point because I feel like you've talked about Terry and you've talked about Inside Stories and I, I feel like I ought to ask you, how did Inside Stories come about? And we'll come back to the the key points that people can do to make sure they've got the storytelling part right in a minute. But let's, let's backtrack a bit. How did mm -hmm. Inside Stories itself come about? Okay, well... There's a, there's a couple of parts to this story, actually. The first one was, in my last full-time role, I was working in a big agency and I was wearing multiple hats. I was heading up planning and strategy. I was looking after the pitchers. I was supporting the creative team. But I also, for about 12 months, I had to look after our digital proposition. 
And by that, I meant I, I was quite clear that I didn't want to run the digital projects because that wasn't my skill set or my capability. And to be quite honest, it wasn't something I was interested in. But in terms of formulating a point of view on the role of digital for our agency and what we were delivering for our clients, I said, yeah, I can do that. But of course, the moment it was announced that I was looking after digital, all of the third party suppliers who provided us with technical solutions for our clients all came out of the woodwork wanting to get some FaceTime with me on the assumption that if they could get me on side, then I would then advocate on their behalf to our clients, which you know, makes sense. But I just found myself sitting through an awful lot of really turgid, <laughs> uninspired, flat pieces of content. Oh, poor you, They were all very... <laughs> Oh, yeah. They were all very <laughs> slickly presented. They were all uh -huh. done with interactive components. And, you know, oftentimes they'd be presenting on an iPad and they could throw stuff up to the big screen on the wall. But you didn't care. that was fine. But I didn't, I didn't care. Because what I was looking for was a reason to recommend them over the many, many competitors that they had in the marketplace. And on a number of occasions, I would say to them, look, I get what you do. I've, we've worked with you before. I know what this stuff is. I appreciate this is just a, a, a sort of getting to know you opportunity. But I want to know what differentiates you from the other people in this space who broadly do what you do. And not one of them was ever able to come up with a, a differentiation that meant anything. They'd say broad, bland statements like, well, we're better or we're, we're smarter or sometimes they'd say we're cheaper, which, you know, ultimately a lot of people will make a decision based on cost. So that's fine. But it doesn't make anybody feel anything. It's a pragmatic box ticking exercise. And so I realized that the reason they weren't able to differentiate themselves was because they'd never spent the time to understand why they did what they did. And of course, this was around the time that Simon Sinek did his, his famous TED talk about why, how, what, and the power of uh, purpose-driven leadership. And again, that's something that a lot of people got wrong because they watched the video, they read his book, Start With The Why. It's all very good. I'm not arguing against it. I'm a, I'm a big advocate of it. But there's one thing that Simon Sinek doesn't do in that TED talk or in his book, and that's tell you how to unlock the thought process to find that why. Mm. So everybody's drunk the Kool-Aid. They there. all know they all know they need a why, but they don't know how to get there. And it's not easy. So I so back to answering your question, I was spending all of this time realizing that these companies hadn't done this work. And I started because I was getting frustrated in the meetings. I'd start throwing out, well, it seems to me that the thing that you're really offering is <laughs> X, or I think there's a missed opportunity here that if you talked about Y, and every time they'd be scribbling it down going, this is fantastic, this is super helpful. And then they'd leave the meeting and I thought, this is what I should be doing. Because <laughs> yeah. f firstly, it's the bit of my job that I enjoy the most, which is active listening. Mm -hmm. And composing a story on the fly based on the inspiration that I'm getting in the room. That's the thing that I love doing most as a human being. And all the other stuff was less interesting to me. So I was like, that's what I need to be doing. So when I left that job, I found myself making two lists. So there was a list of things that I was good at, and there was a list of things that I enjoyed doing. 
And everything that made both lists was how I shaped what I was going to do. And understandably, (laughs) you know, that sort of consultative, storytelling, nurturing, all of that side of it was what rose to the top. Flash forward possibly three years, in which time I'd started uh, formulating a process. I'd started looking at some some exercises that I could use back to that point about Sinek not telling you how to come up with a why. I'd started finding out ways of helping people towards that goal. But of course, it's not enough to go, right, we've got our why. Ta-da, we're done. Because it's not. That's the first step on the journey. What you've then got to do is find ways of baking that into the stories you put out into the universe. I also realized that there was a need to educate the world on what I think a story is. And I I stress what I think a story is. I'm I'm not arguing that I own the definition, but what I did create was my definition, which suits the way I bring stories into the world. And that way I had something that was kind of an ownable IP that was uniquely ours and when I met Terry what Terry was excited about was being based in Bryant which is such a hotbed of innovation and startup culture you know you can't throw a stone without hitting three incubator hubs and so it meant that there's a real uh, diversity and breadth of inspiring passionate enthusiastic people who just need some help and I realized that with Terry as my sort of guy on the ground who was there to formulate the relationships, to meet the people, to get out there and, and, and advocate and evangelize, evangelize the power of storytelling, that between us we could build something really quite powerful. So that's how it all started and it's been nearly four years now. I'm jumping in here because 20 minutes have whizzed by and it's almost time to go. But before we do, what did we learn from this episode? Today's key takeaways are 1. Reeling off a list of things that happened doesn't make it a story. 2. Great stories must have an element of drama, conflict or resolution. 3. Authenticity is really important. Your values and your business values must be the same and should be reflected in the stories you tell. 4. Audiences like to be involved and to be allowed to fill in the gaps Remember, they don't want four, they want two plus two. What a first episode. So much great stuff to digest. And the good news is, Gareth was only just getting started and there's loads more to come. In episode two, Gareth shares the recipe for cooking up a good story. Well, the secret sauce is really simple as I see it. And so what I came up with is a simple mnemonic with three M's. Which is for something to be a story, it has to be meaningful, memorable and moving. If you want to find out more about those three M's right now, just keep listening. Episode two is lined up and ready to go. It's called Chemistry, the Power of Story. But for now, a massive thanks to Gareth Dimolo for sharing his storytelling expertise. If you'd like Gareth's help with finding your story, he'd love to hear from you. His contact details and the Inside Stories website address are in the show notes. And if your business story's already figured out, but you're looking for a voiceover artist to share it with the world, I'd be happy to help, so give me a shout. I'm Katie Flamen, and this is Storytelling for Business. Until next time, goodbye.